hello, hello. Thank you so much for being here. And today I'm chatting with my friend Kelly France about the untold story behind four giant presidential heads on a mountain in South Dakota. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you've heard of Mount Rushmore. Let's dive in to what you may not already know. I'm Sharon McMahon, and welcome to the Sharon Says So podcast. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to have my friend Kelly France with me today. Thank you for coming, Kelly. Hi. Hello. How has life been treating you in with your Airbnb in California? <laughs> so good. It's been crazy and fun and nonstop, but it's been an adventure. It's always an adventure at the France's. <laughs> <laughs> if people are not already following you, tell people uh, what you do, Kelly. Well, I kind of, I have to back up a little because like years ago, I had this hunch to put, to do a poll on social media. And I asked all these women to rate themselves on a scale of one to 10. And I said, rate your confidence level on a scale of one to 10. And, you know, these are like very educated, entrepreneurial, put together women. And so I was expecting some high numbers but I was shocked at the results. And what I discovered was that the average number was a five out of 10. That's a failing grade. That's failing. <laughs> yeah, that's failing. And I was like, I am not okay with that number. And mm. so I am on a mission to help women love themselves and to increase that number because, you know, we have so many opportunities nowadays that we didn't have as women, you know, in the past. Mm -hmm. And I want our confidence level to catch up to our capacity for impact. So mm. that's, that's what I do. I would love to hear from you more. This phrase like self-love, right? <laughs> like that has really like, what does that even mean? Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. is it just like, looking in the mirror and being like, I am gorgeous. You know what I mean? Like what exactly, what, what does that phrase mean to you? So I personally believe that it means having a loving relationship with yourself as in you are your own best friend. Mm -hmm. And I think that women and especially moms, we sort of lose that relationship when we start taking care of everyone else. Mm. What does it I, mean though, to have a loving relationship with yourself? I think it means to be, I mean, I was just lecturing my teenage daughter, my actually she's 20 years old now. <gasps> she's not a teenager. Anymore. She's that's so weird. Um, I was just telling her, you know, you have to be as compassionate with yourself as you are with others, mm. you know, really having mm -hmm. like some compassion with yourself. I, it means just, I think a lot of it is, it, it all comes down to self-talk. And I say like, you got to drop kick your inner mean girl. Mm -hmm. And so it means talking to yourself and treating yourself like you love yourself. Like I, in fact, I had women for one day, write down and I'll, I'll put this challenge out to your listeners for one day, write down all the things you say to yourself, all the negative things you say to yourself in one day. And it, it is shocking. Like these women were commenting with a whole list of things they were saying to themselves and some of their friends were seeing this. Um, this was in my fearless girl community. And some of their friends were like, I I'm not okay with you saying that to yourself. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. I know you, and this is not how I see you. It's really sad. And so mm. I want to change that. 
Absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right that many people are talking to themselves in unhealthy, unproductive ways that they would never speak to another human being. Mm-hmm. And it, it inhibits our ability to have the greatest impact and to live a satisfying, fulfilling life. Totally. Yes. Yeah. I want them to fear less and live more. And that's why mm-hmm. my, my podcast is called fearless girl. My community is called fearless girl. Well, let's change gears. Cause I have a story to tell you that has absolutely nothing to do with self-love, <laughs> but it's an interesting story. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called your mama's kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain and Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Have you been to South Dakota before? I have not. Okay. So you have never visited Mount Rushmore. No, I haven't. But I know you know what it is. Sure do. (laughs) Mount Rushmore, of course, is such a, such a symbol of the United States and it's such a recognizable symbol. Mm -hmm. So I want to tell you the history behind Mount Rushmore, because there are definitely some things where you're like, well, I did not know that. For example, did you know that the sculptor of Mount Rushmore decided that there should be a secret room behind the faces on Mount Rushmore in which all kinds of information, exhibits, et cetera, would be stored about the presidents that are depicted on Mount Rushmore. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) And then he eventually kind of ran out of time to make this room. And eventually the National Park Service did make a room, a vault full of information behind Mount Rushmore that is not open to the public. Oh, wow. And it was, you could, it's actually, this is depicted in the National Treasure movie behind Mount Rushmore. Like that is a real thing now. That's There is a vault with secret stuff in there. Oh man. That, like, <laughs> that's so intriguing. I want, I want to go there now. I, I want to find that secret place. So 
many Americans have this very positive view of Mount Rushmore, just like a patriotic place to visit. They're cool sculptures. It's like, wow, those are really realistic sculptures sculpted into the side of a cliff, a mountain. You know, millions of people visit it every year. The sculptures are huge. They're very impressive. They're about 60 feet tall, which is, you know, a few stories tall, but certainly not nearly as big as we maybe envision that they are. The Washington Monument, for example, is almost nine times bigger than the faces on Mount Rushmore. So our view of these massive faces, they certainly are large, but they're not as large as maybe they look on camera. Mm -hmm. So of course, very, very popular place to visit in South Dakota, but it doesn't mean that the history of how Mount Rushmore came to be has always been positive. And it doesn't mean that it continues to be positive for some people. The Black Hills are a small, isolated mountain range that are started in South Dakota, extend into Wyoming, and they are traditionally the ancestral lands of the Lakota people. And the Black Hills in the Lakota language, to the name for them, translates to the heart of everything that is. And from the, from a distance, there's these beautiful, you know, pine covered hills that rise several thousand feet above the prairie. And those hills appear black from a distance. And that's where the name, the black hills came from. Okay. And of course the Mount Rushmore now has four presidents on it. It has Washington and Jefferson Roosevelt, and each one of those four presidents represents something. And I'll get to that in a moment. One of the things that's also important to know is that this this mountain that Mount Rushmore was sculpted into was called by the Lakota people Six Grandfathers Mountain. And huh. it was a very, very significant place to the Lakota from a religious standpoint. They viewed it as a place for prayer and devotion. It wasn't just spiritually significant, though. It was a very important hunting area, very important gathering area where they did a lot of food acquisition, where they made a lot of medicines. Soon, gold was discovered in that region. And that led to this huge mm. rush of U.S. prospectors that were that fled there en masse. There were a lot of battles between the United States government and the indigenous people of that region. For example, there was a huge massacre at Wounded Knee in 1890. And so oh. the U.S. government began using military force to subdue the indigenous people of that region away from the Black Hills. And what that did was it gave more settlers of European descent the ability to move into that area and then begin to make economic and other use of the region. So Mount Rushmore was actually named for a lawyer, a New York lawyer named Charles Rushmore, who traveled to the Black Hills in 1885. And his goal while he was there was to inspect mining titles. And he also wanted to hunt big game. So he was there to like, I'm going to kill some bison and I'm going to see what there is to see. And he asked a local man, a local European man, what's the name of that nearby mountain? What's the name of that mountain over there? And he was told, oh, it, it doesn't have a name. And so Charles Rushmore said, now it is named Mount Rushmore. He decided he would name it after himself. He's all, it does now. Yeah, it does now. <laughs> and of course, it certainly had a name to the indigenous people of the region, 
but it didn't have a name to English speakers, but he was like, it does now. Now it's called Mount Rushmore. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. We've all had those embarrassing moments where maybe you've taken your shoes off and you realize like, oh no, oh no, that is not a good smell. Fortunately, Lumi whole body deodorant is making it so none of us ever have to worry about that again. Unlike certain other products, Lumi is powered by mandelic acid to control odor in a new way. It delivers outrageous 72 hour odor control everywhere one might like to use it. In fact, it was patients' concerns about odor that originally inspired the OBGYN who invented Lumi. Fast forward six years and her game-changing whole body deodorant now has over 300,000 five-star reviews. And it works without using heavy perfumes that mask odor, which I really appreciate. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, which is my favorite, and two free products of your choice, like deodorant wipes or a mini body wash. It also has free shipping. And as a special offer for listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that's like 40% off their starter pack. So use code SHARON at lumideodorant.com. That's L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. Mother's Day is almost here. And I want to take just a quick second to appreciate not only my mom, all the moms out there, but anyone who has taken on the role of caregiver. You do everything for someone else. And now it's time to do something for yourself. And that includes starting with your skin. And I've been using our sponsor OneSkin's products for a while now. And I have to tell you, I am really enjoying them. They are very easy to incorporate into my skincare routine. I am really liking the eye cream. And the secret is OneSkin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It is the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. And they have several studies to back it up. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code SHARON at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code SHARON. And after your purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support this show and tell them we sent you. In the early 1920s, a man named Joan Robinson, who was South Dakota's state historian, came up with this idea to create sculptures. And he wanted to create sculptures on 
the needles, which are the giant granite pillars that you see throughout the Black Hills. If you look at pictures, you'll see these, you see th- similar concepts in Utah, just right, made yeah. out of different That's materials. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, red rocks in Utah. And these are granite yeah. pillars in South okay. Dakota. And his idea was what if we sculpt heroes of the American West into those different granite pillars that dot the landscape. And his suggestions for these sculptures were people like Chief Crazy Horse, Buffalo Bill Cody, Lewis and Clark, Sacagawea. And he was Mm -hmm. like, we could make these really impressive sculptures. And then it would increase tourism to South Dakota. People would want to come here to see a giant sculpture of Lewis and Clark. Yeah. And the idea though, was of sculpting things onto the needles was abandoned because of the poor quality of the granite, the sculptor that was initially like consulted about it. Like, could we do this examined Mm -hmm. the quality of the granite and was like, it will not, it'll just crumble. It will not hold up. We will not be able to make these into sculptures. Mm -hmm. And additionally, there was a lot of opposition from the indigenous groups like like the Lakota who were like, these are sacred. We're not just going to make them into Lewis and Clark, right? You know, like these are important to us. We're not just going to be like, this is a sculpture of crazy horse. That's not like these, these mean something to us. Yeah. So the idea was abandoned. And then they began to look for where, what else could we do? What else could we do that would increase tourism to South Dakota? Because they really wanted people to come visit basically. Mm -hmm. And South Dakota with this very unique landscape had become a road trip destination for people with horseless carriages, otherwise known as cars, (laughs) 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 but that's what they were called. At the time, horseless carriages. That's so funny. Yes. Kind of like Teslas that drive themselves, except they, you had to drive them. (laughs) And it was like, let's drive our horseless carriage out to the Black Hills. We'll go see Black Hills National Forest or Wind Cave National Park. They built a highway along the needles that was like the scenic route. Mm. And so they really wanted to encourage more and more people to come, come and visit. Yeah. So they ultimately decided to, on this one site, that was Mount Rushmore. They ultimately decided on that in part because Charles Rushmore donated some of the money to begin sculpting on that, on the mountain that apparently he decided was named after him. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. That's Um, that's confidence right there. He donated $5,000 to begin sculpt a sculpture, which is about $74,000 in today's money. And okay. he really thought what we should do is sculpt presidents. And that would be patriotic. That mm. would be unique. And that would make people want to come see them. And so they decided on George Washington, who represents sort of the country's founding. They decided on Thomas Jefferson, who represents the country's 
growth because he bought Jefferson oversaw buying the Louisiana purchase, which like doubled the size of the United States. Right. They chose Teddy Roosevelt, which represented sort of America's development, kind of like that industrial development, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then they decided on Abraham Lincoln, which represents sort of like the preservation of the past. So those were, that was how they decided on, on these presidents. Hmm, Interesting. There's been a lot of, over the years, a lot of uh, speculation of like, there should be a woman. We should get a woman. We should get a woman (laughs) on, on Mount Rushmore. We should add somebody. In fact, they, they decided a while ago, a long time ago that like, we should add a woman. And I'll tell you in a minute who the woman that they decided like, yes, that is who we should add. Um, And it's still very, uh, it's not likely that they will do it, but there, (laughs) but there are people who are like, we, we should do it. And they already decided who it would be. They decided that they would hire this sculptor named Gutzon Borglum and Gutzon Borglum First of all, not a name you hear very often. No, anybody nope. named Gutson? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's spelled G-U-T-Z-O-N, Gutson. Oh. His family was from Idaho and he that- was a super talented <laughs> sculptor. He had been hired to create a large sculpture of General Robert E. Lee on Stone Mountain in Georgia. And he eventually began having conflict with the committee that was overseeing the sculpting of the Robert E. Lee statue and eventually parted ways with them, which then freed up his time to work on this other large sculpture in the Black Hills of South Dakota. Okay. So here's one of the problems with Guts and Borglum is that he was very involved with the KKK. Oh, they were some of the the people who were funding the sculpture of, of Robert E. Lee on stone mountain. Hmm. And it's not clear that he was ever an official member of the KKK, but there are a number of recorded instances where guts and Borglum said things about white supremacy and Mm -hmm. said very negative things about indigenous people very negative. Like he didn't trust 90% of them. He was afraid of the quote mongrel horde, like a horde of people who were not essentially like not pure bloods ruining the Nordic purity of the American West. And so he wanted to put us presidents there and not anybody of any other descent because Mm -hmm. he wanted to help represent that purity and not the quote unquote mongrel horde. What a horrible phrase. So hard, horrible phrase. So they settle on, okay, here's who we're going to put on Mount Rushmore. We're going to get guts and Borglum to come out here and sculpt them into the mountains. That did not mean, however, that there was not a long running um, dispute over the land. In fact, there were many, many, many decades of fights amongst the U.S. government and the indigenous people of the area saying, hello, we signed a treaty. You told us that we would have undisturbed use of this land. And here you are out here proposing to dynamite our sacred spaces without our permission. After you specifically told us that 
you wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. So those fights went on for a long time. And ultimately they were settled decades later, took them a number of years to begin planning and fundraising for the beginning of the dynamiting of this cliff face of Mount Rushmore. So Congress eventually had to give its approval. Congress gave its approval in 1925, and they decided that they would allocate some money to the construction of this large sculpture. Hi, friends, it's Sharon. If you enjoyed a recent episode with author and public theologian Issa McCauley, then I have the perfect podcast recommendation for you. No Small Endeavor. Produced by Great Feeling Studios and PRX, No Small Endeavor is an acclaimed podcast series that explores what it means to live a good life. Each episode, host and award-winning theologian Lee C. Camp brings you thoughtful conversations with artists, philosophers, politicians, and theologians like Hollywood legend Rob Reiner and civil rights hero Reverend James Lawson about what it means to find true happiness and flourish in our everyday life. So don't miss out. Follow No Small Endeavor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. And tell them I sent you. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com President Calvin Coolidge actually traveled to the Black Hills for his summer vacation in 1927, and Gutzon convinced him to deliver this sort of official dedication speech at Mount Rushmore as they were about to blast into the rock for the very first time. And okay. one of the things that Calvin Coolidge said was, we have come here to dedicate a cornerstone that was laid by the hand of the Almighty. On this towering wall of Rushmore in the heart of the Black Hills is to be inscribed a memorial which will represent some of the outstanding features of four of our presidents laid on by the hand of a great artist in sculpture. The memorial will crown the height of land between the Rocky Mountains and the Atlantic seaboard where coming generations may view it for all time. So that's part of what yeah. Calvin Coolidge said at the dedication And many people don't realize that these sculptures were created with dynamite, (laughs) with actual dynamite. Yeah. Like how, like how, how? 
I have that same question. Like I can't even draw with, uh, with <laughs> pencils, but to just be like, we will create a very lifelike depiction with dynamite. I don't know. Yeah. I don't understand it. Dynamite I don't, art. I don't get it. No. Congress appropriated $250,000 in federal funds, which again was a lot of money back then yeah. for the Mount Rushmore project. And they created this Mount Rushmore National Memorial Commission to kind of oversee its completion. So while nice. it was being built, Guts and Borglum oversaw 400 workers on the project. You can Google wow. for pictures of the sculpting of Mount Rushmore and see they look like little teeny, <laughs> teeny ants suspended on George Washington's nose. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there were people whose job it was to place dynamite and they began by, you know, blasting out huge areas of the rock followed by this process of honeycombing where they would drill holes um, close together and then it would allow them to create a more and more refined picture of what huh. would eventually be the president's heads. And eventually- 450,000 tons of rock were blasted wow. off the mountainside. In the original plan, I know, isn't that crazy? In the original yeah. plan, Thomas Jefferson was supposed to be on the other side of George Washington. But once they started work on it, like if you look at the original drawings, it's not the layout that it is now. Once they started hmm. work on it, they realized that the rock on that side of George Washington was not suitable for sculpting. Like you need, it needs to have certain qualities. And so they had already started it, but they ended up dynamiting off all of the work that they did over there to be like, scrap, erase, erase, erase with dynamite, erase with dynamite. <laughs> We're not doing that. We're going to put him over here. Wow. So after each face was completed, there was a dedication for the completion of that face. By the way, Roosevelt was the president who was finished last. So it started with Washington. Then they did Jefferson, Lincoln, and Roosevelt. In 1937, Congress introduced a bill to add the head of Susan B. Anthony, a woman who had really worked for the rights of women, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And ultimately they decided the quality of the rock, the amount of money it would take. It, it's just not feasible to put her up there. It's just not feasible. Hmm. So eventually before Mount Rushmore was totally completed, Gutson Borglum died. He didn't start carving these things. So he was 60 years old. Oh, wow. And he had been working on them now for 14 years. He died before they were done. He had a son whose name was Lincoln and his son Lincoln oversaw the final completion of the rest of the work on them. Hmm. And then in 1966, Mount Rushmore was added to the National Register of Historic Places. And there are things like the Lincoln Borglum Museum at the Visitor Center, the Presidential Trail, you know, like there's all kinds of extra tourist things that have been built up surrounding Mount Rushmore. It has also been visited by 10 sitting presidents which is very, very impressive. The 10 yeah. presidents have traveled from Washington, D.C. to South Dakota. Those presidents are Calvin Coolidge, FDR, Dwight Eisenhower, Gerald Ford, Ronald Reagan, um, both President Bush's, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, and Donald Trump. Huh. But in 1980, 
one of the long running legal disputes was finally decided by the U.S. Supreme Court. The case was called the United States versus the Sioux Nation of Indians. And the Supreme Court ruled in 1980 that the United States government had improperly taken the Black Hills territory from the indigenous Mm. people and that they were entitled to over $17 million in damages. Wow. They ultimately decided we don't want your money. We want our land back. And so there is still to this day, a dispute about the fact that you improperly took this land from us and paying us $17 million does not right the wrong, does not give us back what is important to us, which Uh is our land. This is what one of the historians from that area has to say. He works at the Sheridan College in Wyoming. He says, putting the president's faces on treaty land, what can we do now to use it to bring people together? And he talks about how the people that work there are sensitive to this issue and that they work to incorporate indigenous people into their programming. Mm -hmm. They have graduate studies where you can go study the issues at the area. There's Black Hill State University where Lakota people are instructors on this matter, but Mm -hmm. it's still one of those issues that there's a lot of friction about like you took this land from us. And one of the reasons they have continued to call for the return of the land is that it is illegal in the United States to take possession of ancestral lands of Native American groups. So Mm. that conflict is unlikely to be resolved in the near future, right? Because the United States has become very attached to this monument. Mm -hmm. Um, They invested a considerable amount of money in creating it. Millions and millions of people visit it every year. And yet there is still that idea that like, yeah, but you took it from us and it's ours. Right. So I'll give you just a few little fun facts to wrap up. There have been a number of proposals to add more presidents somewhere along Mount Rushmore, maybe not directly next to them, like Susan B. Anthony was proposed, Mm -hmm. but a number of proposals. Like we should expand this. Like the country didn't stop developing once, once Lincoln was assassinated in 1865. You know what I mean? Like we right, should, yeah, we makes should sense. continue to add to it in some fashion. And so they have done uh, studies and then they did a big survey of who should we add? So I'm curious, Kelly, who you think if we are going to add one president, who do you think should be added to Mount Rushmore? Just, uh, just your own personal opinion. I think Barack Obama. Barack Obama. He was right up there as okay. a, like, let's add him. Yeah. And Barack Obama was like, you can't add me to Mount Rushmore. My ears are too big. <laughs> <laughs> that was his Did he response. really say yeah, that yeah, exactly? Yeah, that was his response. Because he was all, popular. No, no. Yeah. Like the first, the first black president. Right. Yeah. So that's that's one reason that people have said he represents something significant in the United States. So he's in the top three of who people think should be. Come on, Brock, get some confidence here with your ears. (laughs) Your ears are fine. Your ears are fine. You're beautiful human. The other two presidents that rank very, very highly on uh, impulse, the number one choice that people want to see added to Mount Rushmore is FDR. And then the number two choice is Ronald Reagan. Huh? 
Okay. And Barack Obama's number three. That's fascinating. So isn't that interesting? Yeah. I mean, it's Bar- interesting just to ask yourself, like, hmm, who should they, if, if I got to pick, who would I choose? Who would it be? Yeah. Yeah. How about Susan B. Anthony? I mean, can we? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I get the idea that it's presidents and she wasn't a president. I get that. But maybe someday we will have a female president and maybe not on ancestral lands, but maybe something <laughs> somewhere. Yes. Something in her memory. And she that would be amazing. I can be like, she was a great president. Yeah. Well, Kelly, tell people where to find you if they want to like join your book club or join your community. Cause you have a great book club. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Tell me about that. Tell everybody about that. So yeah, I host a free virtual personal development book club for women. And it all started for me in middle school. I had an amazing teacher who gave me a personal development book called go for it. Mm-hmm. And I read it and it was very empowering during that difficult time. And that was, you know, that's kind of a time when you sort of lose your confidence in yourself. Mm-hmm. And so that really empowered me throughout my teenage years. But as a teenager and a kid, we grew up poor. Like I had a single mom who was amazing. We lived in a trailer court at a time. And then as that kind of continued on, as I got married and my husband was going to to school and we had tons of student loans. We had four kids and we really struggled financially living paycheck to paycheck to the point where one summer we found ourselves having to ask our church to buy us groceries because there wasn't enough money in our account. All of that really can affect the way you feel about yourself and your confidence. Mm -hmm. And I knew that in order to change your circumstances, you really have to change your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I remembered that, you know, those empowering books I read during that challenging time in middle school. And so here I am as this mom of four who, who was ready for a change, who had hit rock bottom. And so I jumped back into these personal development books and those books changed my life. Like I literally went from food stamps to building a seven figure business And so a few years ago, I created a personal development book club for myself to hold myself accountable to read at least one empowering book a month. And then I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we could hear from the author at the end of the month? So I started asking the authors to jump in our group and speak to us. And it has just grown to thousands of members. So really, I'm just a girl on a mission trying to help women love themselves and reclaim their confidence. And I'm doing it through this free book club that anyone can join. They can join right now at um, my website at kellyfrance.com slash book club. It's Kelly with an I. Yes. Mm-hmm. Kelly with an I. What is your next book going to be? <laughs> What's our next the book? Next that, club book. But next, well, the one we're reading right now is actually from... This was a guilty pleasure because I'm a huge Bachelor fan. I love that TV series. And so I asked Hannah Brown, who was a Bachelor on the show. She just launched a a new book that's already a bestseller and it's called God Bless This Mess. Mm -hmm. And we're reading it right now and we get to hear from Hannah in this group at the end of the month. So I'm super Mm -hmm. stoked about that. Fun. Yeah. I like that. It's the really fun group. Well, I hope this was interesting. I hope oh, it was great. Something who knew, who knew all of these things. Also the idea that guts and Borglum was like associated with the KKK. I don't like that. No, 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 but, it, but like, it's fascinating to see like 
someone have so much vision that they're like, you know what, I'm just going to, um, I'm just going to, you know, dynamite art mm-hmm. president's faces in the wall. Like you got to have oh, a yeah. lot of confidence for that. Yeah. You got to have oh, a lot of vision for that. hundred percent. His sculpting skills were fantastic. There's no question <laughs> yeah. there. There's no question there that he's a very skilled sculptor. Obviously, I do not have any of that talent. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love I love this state series you're doing. It's so oh, fascinating. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And Utah is your home state, right? Were you born? That's where I was born, yeah. But now yeah. we're in Southern California. Yes, yes. Well, Utah is coming up. Ooh. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much All for right. having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Sharon Says So podcast. I am truly grateful for you. And I'm wondering if you could do me a quick favor. Would you be willing to follow or subscribe to this podcast or maybe leave me a rating or a review? Or if you're feeling extra generous, would you share this episode on your Instagram stories or with a friend? All of those things help podcasters out so much. This podcast was written and researched by Sharon McMahon and Heather Jackson. It was produced by Heather Jackson, edited and mixed by our audio producer, Jenny Snyder, and hosted by me, Sharon McMahon. I'll see you next time.